Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy called us from Florida and we got an exclusive download on his thinking following the votes to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committees and keep Liz Cheney as a member of his leadership team. Number two, the impeachment trial starts today. We've got the latest on what you need to know. And number three, a new Republican effort is starting that's trying to mimic Stacey Abrams' successful fundraising efforts in Georgia. All right, Jake, Kevin McCarthy in the crosshairs over kind of bear-hugging Donald Trump, the future of the Republican Party in crisis. Where is Kevin McCarthy's head? Well, I will tell you, Anna, in in politics, uh, a year is a, a very long time and two years is even longer. And I would say this, I'd say that Kevin McCarthy has been through a lot of these kinds of um, uproars in his party and in politics, and he's very focused on winning the majority in 2022. I would say that that's his singular focus, and and he feels pretty bi- uh, bullish about getting there, and he laid out a path for us. He thinks the, the jobs numbers are not going to be great for Joe Biden. He thinks uh, gas prices are going to go up, and he thinks he could lay that at Democrats' feet. And he, you know, this is interesting, he has not heard at all from Joe Biden. Biden, which is somewhat interesting to me. I mean, a courtesy call there might be a uh, an easy way to take that talking point away. But we talked to him yesterday, and he, I was a little bit surprised at that. He clearly, clearly, clearly doesn't want to talk about Donald Trump or Liz Cheney. We asked him about going to visit Trump. He said he could talk to anybody, and he will talk to anybody. And he said he would talk to Joe Biden if he got a call from him, which is interesting considering he's been a close political ally of Donald Trump for many years. And uh, on Cheney, he basically said, you know, Cheney has been saying all over the place anytime she gets the opportunity that um, uh, Donald Trump is not the future of the Republican Party. He, she said he said that on, she said that on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, M- McCarthy's not interested in talking about that. He's interested in looking forward. And, and um, you know, I think that he's going to have the opportunity to do that over the next couple of months because the, all of the light is going to be all of the spotlight is going to be on Democrats. It seems to me a little bit that Kevin McCarthy's trying to have it both ways, right? He yeah, basically. For sure. But what politician doesn't try to have it both ways, right? <laughs> true, true, true point. Good point. But I mean, I mean, I just think you know he's basically stuck with Marjorie Taylor Greene, but he's saying, and you know, to us that the future is all of these other Republicans that they're going to kind of do these messaging committees that they're going to start to have a real message around issues like immigration and jobs and and things like that. Obviously, you said it at the top. I think everything for him is about the speakership. He almost tasted it once before and was unable to convert on that. Two years from now, he wants to be the speaker. Obviously, they think the other big point I would say that that he is very focused on is this redistricting, which is really in the weeds. But if you're listening from not in Washington and you're not a political operative, redistricting is the ball game because it is what changes these districts and makes it so that they're either more likely to become Republican or more likely to be Democratic. Republicans had big wins at the state level, which should make it much uh, more easy for them to actually have some wins on that. So that's something that's a little in the weeds, but important to think about. The second story of the day, the impeachment trial starts today. 
We've got the latest on it. Obviously, I think you've been calling it. It's like playing video games. We know what the end game is here. But there are going to be some interesting twists and turns. And we have the details on kind of how each party is approaching this. Yeah, I mean, Anna, I again, I you know this because we've talked about it here and we've talked about it elsewhere. I think the impeachment trial is uh, a political show, and it is. I mean, everything in Congress is a political show, but this more than anything else. Donald Trump's not going to be convicted. Uh, Republicans are going to, by and large, vote to to acquit him. Democrats are going to all vote to convict him, and that's that. But, uh, so Chuck Schumer is going to be holding a 9 a.m. call with his colleagues every day to kind of touch gloves, a very Chuck Schumer move. He likes to be in close contact with his Democratic colleagues, and Mitch McConnell is going to hold a daily lunch with his Republican colleagues, which is a very Mitch McConnell move. They've been meeting in public now uh, for a long while. So, I mean, listen, this is all about keeping people in line. Here's something interesting. David Schoen, who's the president's, one of the president's attorneys, had originally said he doesn't work on Friday night or Saturdays because of the Jewish Sabbath. He has said that the trial can continue during that time. I mean, he has, I think he's going to have someone stand in his stead. There is, as somebody who is Jewish, there is an excuse to, um, I'm not going to make this a biblical podcast, but there is an excuse for a religious Jew to do work like this on the Jewish Sabbath. But alas, um, uh, we don't need to talk about that here. But, um, you know, I think that in theory, in theory, and, and, and John Brezenhan, our colleague would kill me for saying this. This could be all over by next Monday, and we could have a one-week impeachment, and that's that. We'll see. I mean, right now, we don't quite know if that's going to be the case. Uh, I, I think the other thing to me that's pretty interesting is this plan by both sides to heavily you make use of video during their presentations. It's something that they both used the last time in Trump's first trial, but you have to think about this. All 100 senators who are the, you know, going to be watching this were present for this siege. And if there is dramatic video, if there is some of these, you know, kind of unseen footage that is supposed to really uh, be pretty, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, really put you back in that position again, I think that is going to be the reaction to senators, whether or not it changes the end. I agree with you, Jake. I, I think that this is all pretty much a foregone conclusion unless something really dramatic comes to light, which no one has has put that expectation forward. I do think that is going to be something to watch in this in this week coming forward. All right, the third story, the Washington game. I thought this was super interesting because I feel like Republicans have been trying to figure out how to match Democrats' fundraising prowess. I think it always has been frustrating to them, certainly in recent years, how successful Democrats have been, certainly at that low-dollar level. But now you have former Senator Cory Gardner, Republican of Colorado, who lost uh, in this latest election, chairing a new super PAC that's aimed to funnel money directly to candidates. Yeah, Cory Gardner was the uh, chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, so he has some experience with donors and some experience with the political apparatus. But what they're trying to do is instead of getting a lot of money to a super PAC, they're trying to get money to directly to candidates. Candidates can buy ads at lower rates. There's a bunch of advantages to to candidates actually having the money and not super PACs. It's interesting, Anna, but I've seen I mean, I, I, I've, I think it's an innovative idea Um but Republic, Democrats have such a huge advantage when it comes to low-dollar money and the grassroots. That doesn't mean that Republicans shouldn't try. It's just a reality of the situation. 
Thanks so much for listening. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You could also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.